Tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. Straight up, going to tell you, we're back. <laughs> if it matters to you, good. If it doesn't, you know, I don't know. I, I will tell you that uh, I needed a couple of days off, and Mark said, great, let's just take a couple of days off. So we did, and I've been just chilling at the house. You know what? This is not the golden right. age of television, Mark. No. It really isn't. No, no. You think when you have all, every channel known to mankind and a few that you wouldn't even think to make up. Oh, no. And nothing is on. You yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. The, I th- and I think that's why I started watching YouTube videos. Yeah. You know? Oh, Because wow. there's, yeah. you, the, you remember the song, there's 200 yeah. channels and nothing is on. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, it's way beyond that now. It's like 500, 600 channels. And oh, there's God, nothing yes. to watch. It's and at just, one point during the last couple of days, Mark, my wife actually said, do you think you could find Mr. Ed somewhere? <laughs> like, you mean you need a pet or the show? You know? <laughs> That's great. Well, coming from LaDonna, it could be either, you know, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. But I bet you could. I bet you could find Mr. Ed if you really wanted to find him. Wow. Wilbur. I promise <laughs> I didn't look. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. So what happened? What do you have any idea what this bug was that ran through your house? Because you, <laughs> you Dave calls me or Dave texts me the uh-huh. other day and says, man, I'm, I just, I, oh, ooh. I, what he described was something I didn't want to be within the state. I didn't yeah. want to be in the same state as him. <laughs> it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's, it's one of those weird occurrences, okay, where different family members will have something. I usually get it, but, you know, I, you know when you're dealing with family members that yeah. are having a certain viral re- reaction or whatever. And I get it, but it's just less on me because I'm focused on other things and whatever. Um, but in my life, I've had a couple of times where something got a hold of me and it was worse on me than anybody else. And, and because they all had it too, and they're mm. looking at you going, well, dude, it's not that bad. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, um, and I think it just, it was payback. I think the, I think the liberals have my house bug and they said, we'll show him COVID times 10. So I got COVID 23. That's what I, I that what it was yeah. <laughs> fine, but Hey, we're back and we're ready. To, so when now I, I'm, I, I think I, this is spring break week, right? So this is our only day working this week. Isn't that it? <laughs> I think we could, probably, just for this. we could make that happen. Because uh, yeah, really. the way spring break is in the state of Alabama, last right. week this county's on it, this week yep. this county's on it, and next week that county's on it. You just, oh, yeah. you just don't know. <laughs> I, you I have was, a school board meeting and they say, hey, that was a great <laughs> that was a great spring break week, wasn't it? It sure will be. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And, uh, hey, coming up, uh, Mark Congleton is going to tell us all about um <laughs> I, we have the same the jingle and and it's guinness records man that's what yeah, that's wow. it okay hit the song would you please <laughs> it was in my head and i couldn't say it guinness records man guinness records man hey those stunts for education have brought you worldwide fame. Still don't know how that guy got the gig. An Idaho man snatched 36 pieces of popcorn out of the air while popping the snack on the stove. 
to break a Guinness World Record. David Rush, who has broken more than 250 Guinness World Records to promote STEM education, popped popcorn in a pan on his stove and used his hands to catch popping pieces out of the air and place them on a pan held by his four-year-old son. Rush managed to catch 36 pieces in one minute, successfully earning the record for the most popping popcorn caught in both hands in one minute. The previous record, 34 pieces, was set by fellow serial record breaker Asherita Furman in 2011. Rush credited his son for managing to hold the pan still even when an errant popcorn kernel flew down his shirt during the attempt. You know, I have said a few times, they'll just make anything up to, for a category. This is the proof. <laughs> I, yeah, but you know what? <laughs> At least, you know, you have that whole thing of, well, his heart's in the right place. Or, uh-huh. you, know, yeah. you know, this guy, fit. he's they, he's the poster guy for that. They can just make yeah. a poster of him. But yeah. but still, flew down his shirt. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's uh, we got to create. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> I No. You know what? Now, you're, in order to break a record, there has to be an existing record of mm. something that has been done yeah. before in the history of mankind, whether yeah. it's cramming radishes up your nose or whatever yeah. it is, you know? Well, the thing but, in there was, there was from back in 2011. I mean, so he's broken a, a record from 2011. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but that was by a, a serial record breaker, too. So yes, a guy it was, that just yeah. made it up to get a record. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I'm with you. So. This actually, this is kind of like, this doesn't occur in the wild, Mark. It only, no. it only occurs in a scientific Petri dish. Right. That's the only place in the Guinness Book of World Records Petri dish. Well, yeah. Well, the only time it ever occurs around my house is if I forgot to put the lid on the pot. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Mark. Yes. I should have taken more time. <laughs> you know, all right. So the, um, when I was in fourth grade, this, this is what I got to tell you about being sick. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. whatever bug I had or whatever, you know, it's like, okay, fine. You know, half the time when you're sick, you have to, this is kind of a parent dad thing. Um, but when you're not feeling what well, you just kind of have to suck it up and move on mainly yeah. because if you have an eight year old, yeah. whether it's a son or a grandson, uh, an eight year old boy who loves to be outside digging a hole, you know, it's like his project was, let's dig a hole because I want Mamu to meet the people in China. And it's like, okay, you know, it's like every boy goes through this. Okay. And little boys don't understand, well, I don't feel good. You know, right, I, yeah. I don't, I, I can't, if you dig a hole that big, I'm going to use it for something else, you know? <laughs> and anyway, so you kind of learn. And then, you know, when you, but, but when you sit down as an adult with other, you're looking going, I think I have double vision now. I mean, <laughs> is that what came out of all this? So, I'm just saying that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's still I will bad. tell you, that's something I will never joke about. So, I'm going to eat a bowl of shut the heck up and move on to Louisiana. Works out a deal for family to keep pet Nutria. <laughs> yeah. After a <laughs> what lot is of- a Nutria? It's a rat. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a misspelling. I'm no, sorry. it's a big rat. After much public outcry, state officials now say they will let a Louisiana couple keep a 22-pound nutria, a beady-eyed, orange-toothed, rat-tailed rodent commonly considered a wetlands-damaging pest, or a state congressman, as a 
as a pet that frolics with their dog, snuggles in their arms, and swims in the family pool. The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, in a statement on Friday, said Myra and Denny Lacoste are being allowed to apply for a permit so they can legally keep Nudie, the Nutria, in their New Orleans home. <laughs> Montusse said the, uh, the, uh, the details of the permit are being finalized. The announcement came after more than 17,000 people signed an online petition demanding that the state leave Nudie and his family alone. Wow. The, the, the uh, rodent had been living or has been living with Lacoste for more than two years. The wildlife department initially said Thursday that it had arranged for the animal to be transported to the Baton Rouge Zoo, citing state law banning the ownership of a nutria, which is considered hmm. an invasive species. But right. after the response, the agency provided special conditions allowing the family to keep the nutria as a pet within the law, according to the newspaper. Myra Lacoste said, we're beyond ecstatic. Denny Lacoste encountered the injured, a, injured animal in 2020 when its siblings were killed in traffic. He and his wife hand-fed the animal until it was able to eat on its own. Then they reared it as a pet. Now the animal is a social media star and is featured in TikTok videos. Wow. You know, the one thing about this, Mark, and, yes. and you know it's going to have is well, there's a reason that people aren't allowed to have this type of a pet. And once you make an exception, mm -hmm. you're opening the door to others. And I will tell you, just if you look at how kudzu has damaged things, yeah. that's probably because at one point it was banned, but some guy fought and said, but it looks so good on my house. And, you know, <laughs> next thing you know. Yeah, next thing you know. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. <laughs> living together. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the Mark and Mac show can, Mark can we go back to that rat story a minute ago sure um, I mean it's not a rat it's just a pet I'd never heard of that thing I didn't want to interrupt while you were doing the story because right. you know I was kind of but I didn't know I mean you've got a rat that is 22 pounds mm -hmm. and called a nutria okay yeah. Yeah. but the description was a beady eyed orange tooth rat tailed rodent uh a 22 pound rodent dude. Yeah. And they want, they call it a pet. Yeah. I'm thinking this nutria is holding them hostage and forcing <laughs> them, you know, I mean, you know, like they're behind the front door and they're opening it halfway. I'm sorry, officer. We can't talk right now, you know? And then you got the nutria over here posing for posters with a little bug eyed thing going on. And, you know, now get those up there. I want them up now. <laughs> you can tell it's like, uh, and and he's fight. He's the first one over the hill. So he's going to, he's telling all his nutria friends that are just waiting. I'll get this past. You'll be pets soon. Come oh, on. That's funny. <laughs> just, they just look freaky to me, man. A 22 pound rodent. I'm like, you know what? If, I'm not kidding, Mark, but in reality, if you had a 22 pound rodent in your house, yeah. you would call around and say, do you, by the way, exterminate or can you do something in, Well, with the millennials? Can you kindly trap this animal and repopulate him someplace else or whatever, you know? <laughs> like, what I was thinking was, wasn't this, wasn't this one of the villains in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, he's got orange teeth, dude. Any animal that has orange teeth is not a, oh, that's cute. It's, oh, it's gross. <laughs> If rabbits, okay, had uh, <laughs> if rabbit teeth were orange, mm -hmm. they wouldn't have a cute little nose or right. ears or a lucky rat. No, they would be lucky dead. That's it. Orange teeth. 
22-pound rodent, and we're going to fight to make him our family pet. Yeah. In New York, he could get elected to office. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac Show. You know, every day of 2019 was a new and exciting adventure in ways we could do just stuff around the house, you know? Yeah. And one of the things that kind of got a lot of attention were people that um, had food delivered, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And to their house. And I thought, I know that we in the Southeast were not as lockdown hungry as liberal pink economy metropolitan areas, okay? Yeah. But... Those areas were freaked out, and they even now. I there are some people suffering PTSD from what happened mm. uh, because you watch their videos or you you know listen to somebody who talked about what they did during the lockdown. Yeah, and you're like, it's kind of like during the Great Depression in the 30s, mm. people who lived in rural Alabama mm-hmm. were like, we're, we had a what? You know, <laughs> like their, their whole life was like that. So anyway, when yeah. I saw this thing, my first thing, it says dozens and dozens of unsolicited food delivery orders. I'm thinking, yeah. this sounds like somebody who just got tired during 2020 and they've decided now it's payback time. You know? <laughs> well, a strange situation is unfolding in a Canadian neighborhood as residents there say they've received dozens maybe hundreds of unsolicited Uber Eats food orders. The orders range from bottles of water or to a donut or even a single bowl of gravy, which have all been paid for. <laughs> Resident Jennifer Hughes says it's, it's like this insane barrage of deliveries. Every 30 minutes, the bags would just show up. There are no names listed on the orders and no specific units or addresses are attached outside of a generic address for multiple townhouse complexes, which has been happening for weeks. The residents say Um, Hughes says we are all at a loss of what to do. It is very wasteful and seemingly there's no stopping Uh, Thursday alone. There were dozens and dozens of deliveries in the entire neighborhood, all piling up in front of doors and condo buildings. Hughes said she reached out to others in the neighborhood through a community Facebook group where dozens of other residents said they are experiencing the same thing. Jeff McGlennon said there was a a lineup down the street in front of our house of delivery drivers. They were all laughing to each other, and one driver said there were thousands of orders that spiked over the recent weeks to this neighborhood. They didn't know what was going on either. I'm telling you, somebody lost it during, you know, the <laughs> lockdown. And this is this is the PTSD coming out. It's just payback. You know, I'm, somebody's getting back in the system. <laughs> Life radio dot FM, the Mark and Mac show. And um, this is. That, that last story about the neighborhood yeah. getting just bombarded with food. Yeah. That's weird. You know, I, I've been sitting here thinking about it during the music, Mark, and I, I can't imagine, you know, somebody's having to pay for it. Uh-huh. Because my first flipping thing is somebody is just making the, it's like making the phone call, ordering the food, and it, you know, yeah. and sticking the bill with somebody. But they're not. No. That food that's going into that neighborhood is being paid for by somebody. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So... You know, when we hear about these people that are stealing your identity and they get these little card swiper things yeah. and they can do all that. Yeah. I'm wondering that if they don't get involved in this real quick, they're going to, you know, 
Somebody's doing something like that. Somebody <laughs> honest is going to be left holding the bag, and it's going to be an old bag of food that the cats won't eat. You know, that's what it's going to end up like. Is that's a lot of food, man? Yeah, it is. This was piling up, and you know, at what point do you say enough's enough? Yeah. The crazy thing is, is it looks like like a, a bottle of water or a donut or just a bowl of bread. Yeah. It's like it's like single little items. You know, it's not right. like full meals or pizzas or things like that. It's just yeah. Just little tiny niggly things that would cost, I don't know, the bottle of water, let's say it's a dollar, and then right. and then they, they tip on top of that. You know, it's, yeah. it's just, crazy. It is crazy. It's but it's, okay. Can't here's here's your first question. Um, can't the police, you know, look at who ordered the bottle of water delivered to Congleton's house? Mm-hmm. All right, let's find out who paid for it. Where's that number? Let's yeah. contact, you know, contact one or two of them. And you're going to find out we've got a thief. And the thing is, they probably are from Russia. You know, uh, they're not here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Moisha, check yeah. this out. Or it's actually what it is. It's somewhere in China. There's a group of, of, of super geniuses like the guys in Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's send Uber Eats to this apartment <laughs> complex. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, this, this is going to end badly. Somebody, st- I remember, you know, I think I told you about this one time, but. I um we actually had um one of our cards got hacked you know uh, and it was our debit card that we use for like mm. just basic daily need stuff we yeah have that's a card just for that yeah and um and it 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 was I got one of these little weird text messages you know because we have our our card information goes mm. yeah. to our uh, anyway I got a message like one in the morning okay and it was for some innocuous seventeen cents or whatever and I thought well, that's stupid but didn't think anything of it about a week later. At twelve oh one, everything goes crazy on yeah. my. And yeah. I mean, we're talking small amounts, but happening every fifteen seconds. Yeah, you know, ding ding. And before and it was on Ladonna's card, and so here we are, both wide awake, you know. And it's like middle of the night, and it's like, what do you do? How do we stop this? You know. And we did, but not before it had made it. Oh my gosh! By the time we, I don't know, within a minute of it starting, we were on it trying to get everything stopped. And it was still a couple hundred dollars worth of small stuff wow. before we got it stopped. Now, granted, um, our we were it, we we didn't get hosed because it was an obvious sure. scam yeah. and, uh, anyway. So everybody was okay. But I'm wondering if that's what's going on here because they're making the small type mm. purchases: a yeah. bottle of water, a bottle of soup, or whatever. Yeah, I wonder. Mm, I don't know. Could be. I'd be freaking out if something like that showed up in my house. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. If I if if you or if you send a bottle of water to my house and there's a dude standing there expecting me to hold it and drink it, I'm going back inside and saying, "Show me a warrant. You ain't coming in." <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show, and hey, just a quick thank you to the Congleman for helping me get through a uh, couple of days. <laughs> Got this feeling, man. (laughs) Dave gets this stomach. And you know what? I don't care what you've had or what, you know, what kind of ailment hits you. The stomach bug is its own unique little monster, you know? Yeah. It just really is. And the thing is, when you have other family members that all have the same symptoms, you know? Yeah. And they bounce back fairly quickly and you don't. It's like... (laughs) You know, in the back of the head, the thing he's putting on, come on, no. he's faking it. You know, no. he's like the dog limping and forgetting which right. leg to limp on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I did pull it off for a couple of days, but I think at some point one of them caught me when I was <laughs> laughing, but 
you know. <laughs> I'm the I'm the I'm the old man. What are they going to do? All right, Mark. Let's talk about stupid criminals. Can we do that? Because we I, haven't done that in a while. I would love to. Okay. Go. A woman from Maine, not just any woman, is under arrest after police allege she called in fake threats at a Walmart in Seabrook. According to the Seabrook police, around 11 a.m. Saturday, their officers received a report of a possible explosive device in the Walmart. Soon after, officers reported that someone called the police department directly claiming a man in the store had a gun. Uh, Lieutenant Timothy Moan with the Seabrook Police Department says, upon our arrival, we quickly determined there was no man with a gun inside Walmart. Walmart was evacuated and we called in the state police explosive disposal unit or their bomb squad. And they were able to come down to a sweep of Walmart and determined there was no threat to the public and that there was no device inside Walmart. Around 4 p.m., police say they found the suspect behind the hoax threats at the Best Western Hotel in Seabrook. Megan Levitt, 38, of Alfred, Maine, was char- has been charged with false reports as to explosives, false reports to law enforcement, false public alarm, criminal threatening, and possession of a controlled drug. Police said wow. they were able to identify Levitt as the suspect and track her down quickly because she made the calls on speakerphone on her way to the shopping center in an Uber. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> her dri- her driver heard her make the calls and sub- subsequently alerted the police. Officers wow. say she was coming to the complex because her boyfriend was about to be arrested at the Dick's Sporting Goods across from the Walmart for shoplifting. He was hiding in a changing room talking to her before she made the calls. Oh my God, uh, Mark! My goodness, this is just. <laughs> I don't even know where you begin. No. It's like <laughs> you you really these you know, whenever you see stories like that, it's like we can't make this up because nobody would believe it. No. Life Radio FM. It is the Mark and Mag Show and uh, it is Monday. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. believe it or not, it is Monday. Holy free holies. And speaking of free holies, how about McDonald's? A Florida woman charged with, you know, the term brandishing is uh-huh. not used in, in regular conversation. You no, know, no, it seems not. like it's only used in a news report or in a, uh, a police report. Right. I don't know of another place where brandishing a weapon would come into play, but no, no, it wouldn't. But a woman was arrested in Florida after allegedly brandishing a pistol at two McDonald's employees at the drive-thru after she was told an item she asked for was not on the menu. According to Fox News, Quavi Young, she's 26, made a second pass through a Cocoa Florida McDonald's drive-thru to ask for an item that didn't exist. The worker asked why Young was mad, and that's when things took a turn. According to the arrest affidavit, Young requested a meal which was not on the menu and eventually brandished a handgun while threatening the employees by saying she would... uh, (laughs) him push her bleep back i'm I'm not saying that after arguing with the drive-thru speaker young reportedly went to the second drive-thru window grabbing her gun and putting it in her lap the gun we know what kind it was it was an m&p shield handgun with a drum style magazine it sat on the woman's (laughs) passenger seat before she picked it up employees soon called the cops who made contact with and arrested the woman 
she oh. was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without the intent to kill, open carry of a weapon, and driving with a suspended license. Oh, <laughs> she was booked on a $7,500 bond and eventually released. Wow. I, <laughs> you know, Mark, I, 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 I don't think there's anything funny about this. It's just, it's just no. so, it's just so shockingly stupid. And what's, yeah. what hits me is that there is a, a, a subculture with this mentality that you can just shoot somebody for not right. doing what you want. Yeah. You know, and it's, yes, no, I agree. I, it's, it is unbelievable. And it seems like it's a made up thing for political purposes, but you're actually correct. That's why we have these stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you put them. It's not funny, but I'm glad you put it in here yeah. because a lot of times I've been the one to say, hand a, a scumbag the keys to your car because they act like they're going to shoot you mm-hmm. because now i'm telling you what they will shoot you mm-hmm. thing is chances are you hand them the keys they're still going to shoot you just yep. for good measure yeah so yeah i don't know where to begin with this one i know you know i i think i think this is why people like to talk about end times prophecy because mm-hmm. when you see examples of people losing their you know brains over stuff yeah it's like well, let's divert and just go all in here's where we're headed you know yeah, yeah. the mark and mac show LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, cruising along, singing a song side by side. Bert and Ernie back at work. <laughs> All right, Mark. Mysterious Minion. That alone, okay? <laughs> That's just Light funny. bulb. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. Locals in Warwick, a Victoria town, boasting a population of about 70 people said the first Minions sculpture appeared just before Christmas, and the statues have continued to appear on various properties, reaching the current total of 24. Some of these scrap metal sculptures were designed to have uses, such as mailbox and plant boxes or planters. Others appear to be simple works of art dedicated to the yellow creatures from the Despicable Me franchise. Mountainside Wines, the only business in the town, has been chronicling the Minion appearances on Facebook. Residents say there are now more properties in town with minion sculptures than there are without. (laughs) The creator of the sculptures remains a mystery. One installation was captured on CCTV cameras, but one of the culprits was disguised in a Santa Claus costume, and the other was unclear in the footage. (laughs) Shane Gonanon, he's the owner of Mountainside Wines, said he believes the mystery artist to be a local resident named Daniel Bucky Buckingham, whose (laughs) property bears a sculpture of the minion's master, Gru. <laughs> and then Buckingham, in turn, pointed to Gonanon as his chief suspect. Oh my! Word. So these two guys are pointing fingers at each other. Wow! <laughs> Just wow! <laughs> Some people have too much time on their hands. I actually love this. I think it's really yeah. funny. That's the, and the thing is, this is one of the things that we lose when we go big city. You know what I mean? You go, you just don't hear of this kind of thing happening in the big cities because there's, there's, you know, homeowners associations and, and people watching all the time and cameras everywhere and, and people being offended that you would possibly even dream of doing something like this. But in a smaller town, next thing you know, the goat's missing. It's shown up on top of the water tower or, or they got minion statues all over the place, you know? 
I love it. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, today is the 30th anniversary of a life-changing event in, in the Mac family. Oh. Um, Palm Sunday Tornado. Oh, my. March 27, 1994. 29 years, Mark. Wow. I know. And the the sidebar to the whole thing is, you know, you big round numbers is what the media likes, the mm. press likes. They'll yeah. do a five-year, a 10-year, whatever. 29, though, you're, eh, not so much. But next year, on the 30th, believe me, already gearing up for this, okay? Uh, because it you got, there's a couple of different things built into to recognizing an event that people do have a memory of, you know, mm. um, even if it isn't uh, an area where you are geographically located, it's an event, a Palm Sunday tornado that actually hit a church where people died. Yeah. And by the way, there were more churches hit that day than just the big one. Right. There were other yeah. churches that were hit. They just didn't have fatalities. And yeah. um, anyway, um, I know some things that they're working on for next year. Um, for to mark the 30th anniversary and it's it's just shocking to me mark it really is that because um, i've been asked to be part of this and um i realized in doing a, an, a pre-interview just over the phone with a couple of the people involved in this project that um i thought i just didn't talk to other people that were in the tornado you know mm. uh, because i'm not from there i, I was a guest okay i, I right, wasn't a member yeah, of the church yeah. i was just happened to be there but uh anyway I found out that in the beginning stages here of this documentary that's going to be released on Netflix next uh, March, that um, a lot of the people that live there that still attend the same, you know, different church building, but the same mm-hmm. church, yeah, they haven't talked about it other than with their significant others. Yeah. Like they don't, yeah, it's something they've all just not talked about. Mm. And I'm thinking, okay, well, it's been 30 years, so if you haven't talked about it up till now, I mean, yeah. maybe it's healthy. I don't know. I'm yeah. just saying that there's it, anyway, it's going to be a fascinating thing to see because it does impact everybody differently. But I will tell you that one thing this time of year in the Southeast, we do have a uh, severe weather. Just know that you need a weather radio. A lot of us have them on our phones now, thankfully, mm-hmm. uh, but make sure your things are properly set up. Yeah. Uh, we had a stormy weekend uh, around our homes and uh, mm-hmm. lightning and rain and things like that. Very humid. Uh, so just, you know, be weather aware, whether yeah. you, it doesn't matter who your person is that you like. One of the things over the weekend, a meteorologist, um, I can't remember where it was from, but they had, I don't know where he was located, but at Fox News did a thing on him because he actually took a moment and prayed. They were tracking a tornado. It's headed wow. towards the city. Yeah. And he's like, it's headed right towards them. And he just stopped for a minute and said, Lord Jesus, please. Wow. You know, Oh. and amen and boom right back along with coverage but mm. anyway just throwing it out there that you do need to be weather aware yeah. when you know and you, you live in an area where you mentioned that uh, we had a rough weekend 26 people uh at least 26 people died in mississippi right and, and that, uh, i think it was mississippi where yeah. this guy was yeah um <sighs> the tornadoes tore through mississippi and part of alabama friday night left a trail <laughs> of uh, of havoc more than a hundred miles long across the state. Wow. Uh, at least twenty five people passed away in Mississippi. Another person confirmed dead in Alabama. Among the victims were a three year old who died alongside her dad, who died after a tornado hit their home in Wren, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So it was a very very 
bad weekend. There's there are pictures if you care to look. You just look up yeah. Mississippi tornadoes, and you'll you'll see like it. It just it literally looks like a, a nuclear weapon has gone off. Just there's nothing left standing. It's just rubble everywhere. It's just it's just devastating. And it, again, like we have said before, we talked about the on the Gulf Coast when this kind of stuff happened. If you're going to go help, make sure you are participating properly call the authorities in the area ask how you can help and then do follow their direction instead of just showing up i know a lot of people want to help but and that's a good thing but because of looters because of people doing things that are illegal they are really tight on how you help so make sure you call the authorities in the area follow the directions and then do something to help liferadio.fm Mark Mancho and uh, Mark yes. we've had a couple of stories this year about deer mm. the, and antelope play but <laughs> the deers are crashing through windows of yeah. places man yeah. this is not the first one we've had nope. and I'm, I'm gonna have to go back now and review how many we have had I think it's three or four but here we go mm-hmm. another deer got crazy yep a Kentucky man said he was not home when a deer crashed through the window in his house and ran around inside. Abe Mashney, a Lexington defense attorney, said he and his family were staying with his parents during a recent windstorm when his wife received a call from a neighbor reporting a deer was inside the family's house. Mashney arrived to find police and animal control officers on the scene. He said the deer had crashed in through a window in his home, uh, home office, that is, and police attempted to chase the animal out through the front door, but the deer ended up leaving by breaking another window, this time in his son's bedroom. He joked in a YouTube video that the deer could face charges for burglary, criminal trespassing, and criminal mischief. (laughs) I wonder if the deer needs a good attorney. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know we did this story before i decided to take a month off and i was wondering how it ended up where it says man visits all 12 disney parks around the world in 12 days yeah he's a dedicated disney fan he's visited all of the company's 12 theme parks around the world in 12 days taking a spin on all 216 operating rides Nathan, wow. Nathan Firesheets started his project, the Disney Global Ride Challenge, on March 8th at Disneyland Paris and completed his journey at Florida's Magic Kingdom last Sunday. The days in between saw Firesheets visit Walt Disney Studios, Shanghai Disneyland, Hong Kong Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland, Tokyo Disney Sea, Disneyland, Disney California Adventure, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios. Uh, it was pretty awesome and kind of surreal, he said. I still can't uh, quite believe I did it. Fire Sheets wow. said he managed to hit every operating ride at each park along the way, a total of 216 rides. And he finally did disclose how much money he spent on the project. He you spent, and I were asking about this and tried to figure out different things. Right, and I was yeah. wondering if this was ever going to be public. Yes, uh, he spent $4,750 for flights. for hotels, $1,100 for park tickets, 
$825 for local transportation, you know, taxis, Ubers, and such. Sure. $750 for food and drink. $675 for line skips, that uh, the Genie Plus thing that they have. And for Wi-Fi, he spent $65. That's $11,915 just on this particular project. He spent you know, about two grand more on souvenirs and rewriting hmm. some of the rides. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, the only thing on this, okay, that, that doesn't make sense, the hotels. Spending almost $4,000 on hotels, and I'm like, when? when? You had 12 days, <laughs> and you're either flying, you know. Yeah. I, I just don't. I mean, that's... I'd like to see the map, you know, where right? He flew yeah. and how it all worked out. But still, it's an amazingly cool thing. I'm glad he did it, and I'm glad we got to follow along with it. So, wow, not something I would take care to redo, you know? Yeah, yeah. Although, Mark, I do smell a Guinness Book of World Records contest I, coming. I this. think I do too. I'm just looking at that amount. That almost twelve thousand dollars, twelve days. Mm-hmm. I mean. That's he spent about what a family of four would spend on two weeks just at Walt Disney World. Wow. Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mac show, you know, after being off for several days <laughs> and coming back into the Guinness Book of World Records portion of our show, you know, <laughs> gotta make up for these. It's like um, I mean, it's kind of like when Sheldon, uh, on big bang theory took his, uh, mysterious train ride summer, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, he never once went outside Oh, <laughs> he's having, him, having to make good on his dates with Amy now, you know? Yeah. So yeah, they're contractually bound, you know? Mm-hmm. So here yep. we go. Skateboarder grinds out of plane at 9,022 feet. Yep. And it's a new Brian. world record. What is that? It's a, it's a major <laughs> award. Shucks, I wouldn't have known that. It looks like a lamb. A grind is, uh, by the way, they when you see somebody uh, on a skateboard go down a railing. Yeah. You've seen that? Where they put the skateboard on top of the sure. railing. It's that, That's a grind. Yeah. A yeah. champion skateboarder pulled the gr- off a grind out the back of an airplane at more than 9,000 feet to set a new Guinness World Record. Leticia Buffoni, she's 29, hails from Sao Paulo, Brazil, and now lives in Southern California, boarded a C-130 Hercules with her skateboard in Merced, California. Buffoni strapped a nearly 20-pound parachute to her back and performed a feeble grind, a combination of a board slide, don't ask, I don't know what that is, and a (laughs) 50-50 grind across a pipe that led out the back of the plane at an altitude of 9,022 feet. Guinness World Records confirmed the stunt earned Buffoni the record for the highest skateboard grind outside the back of a flying aircraft. (laughs) I wonder if there are categories for hot air balloons, (laughs) things like that. Anyway, Buffoni also holds the records for the most skateboard street gold medals won at the X Games. uh, Street, female, that's five. Most medals won in X Games summer disciplines, the female category, that's 12. And largest skate part skate park built in an aircraft and flown (laughs) wow she says she says it's crazy to think i'm the first person to skateboard inside a plane and do a feeble in the air that's something i didn't know was possible or not i've never skateboarded (laughs) on an airplane i didn't know that this project would take such a huge proportion as it took (laughs) wow i you know mark i'm thinking about this i'm going well, the reason you, you're not familiar with people skateboarding on a plane, uh, you know. Well, the airlines <laughs> frowned on it. I, I, yeah, I don't they, like you doing that. 
Because most planes are filled with, you know, old men with their, you know, <laughs> out of my lawn guys. So, <laughs> you may. <laughs> you know, they're all too busy putting their feet on each other's seats to be skateboarding up and down the aisles. And then, of course, you got a seven-year-old that's taking his straw and making it into a little rock and throwing it, trying to stop him, you know, going down the aisle. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And interesting that we were talking a few minutes ago about uh, skateboarding uh, at 9,000 feet, stuff mm-hmm. like that, which, you know. Look, I ha- I don't actually begrudge anybody doing whatever they, you know, feel like doing as long as it's safe and no, you know, right. I really don't. I think yeah. it's fascinating because I can't imagine doing it. I was never a very good skateboarder. Right. I liked it. I loved having fun with my friends on a board. I And I mark, I did it from an early age. I just was never very good at it ever. <laughs> and I tried really yeah. hard. Yeah. It's like, yes. And I kept thinking, why can't I get over that? And I couldn't. Mm. I never, ever. And I mean. Dude, it is not from a lack of trying. I have years invested. I actually studied. You know what? I actually took woodshop in junior high school just to try to figure out how to make my own skateboard. You know? Yeah. Neat, cool designs. And even all that. I had a great looking, really good looking skateboard. (laughs) Couldn't do anything with it. Wow. I mean, horrible. Just horrible. When I saw the boosted board for the first time, the electric skateboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought, (gasps) I could finally actually ride a skateboard because <laughs> it's got motors in it. It does the yeah. work. You just have a little mm-hmm. remote control. You just lean yep. to turn and stuff. I, I'm all over mm-hmm. this. Stunts? You're going to die. No. No, not doing, <laughs> not doing stunts. I have, had, I have had a lot of fun as a kid on a bike on sweet ramps, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> having fun and stuff like that. Also almost broke the teeth out of my mouth one time. Sure. Uh, doing a, a ramp thing, a, a jump and hit actually face first into it into a you know the 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 meter covers the metal meter covers yeah. the concrete box with a mm-hmm. metal, wham face first right into one so i just think eh, i think wow. i'm giving this up but i got a skateboard <laughs> on a skateboard no but now you see if you go on youtube what do you see on tick tick what do you see tick tock you know the uh, the bulldog that rides a skateboard yes you know there's more than one of those by the way that does that I it just Ladonna's got convinced that I could teach Hank to do it. I'm like, I think you should. You don't, I think yeah. you should try. I mean, you, your driveway, he could get a run and start on it. You know, <laughs> he's a 90 pound ballistic <laughs> missile, man. Make sure there's nobody at the bottom or no parked cars because there's going to be damage. Yeah. yeah, but I've seen that, and but I've never seen a pig on a skateboard. But now there is a pig that rides a skateboard. A family's pet is turning heads. Gone from preaching to meddling. I was going to get the old skateboard out and give it a shot, but now you already shot me down, Mark. Fine. <laughs> this pig, this family's pet pig, is turning heads in its owner's Illinois town after picking up the hobby of skateboarding. Norbert, a 150-pound black and white pig belonging to Vincent Norbert. and a, <laughs> Vincent and Allison uh, Barron has become a, po- a familiar sight to Buffalo Grove re- residents after learning to ride a skateboard. Uh, Vincent says that people just really enjoy seeing a pig do things that normally pigs don't do. I took one of my old skateboards and put it out, and literally within seven days, he was able to get his hooves on the board and push with his other hooves. The couple said Norbert is an expert at several tricks commonly associated with dogs, including shaking hands and spinning, but the skateboarding gets him the most attention. 
Allison says he's not always graceful, but it's definitely a unique thing to see. It's just the craziest thing to see him kind of roll on by. Norbert has also become famous on social media after his owners started casting him in recreations of famous music videos from pop punk bands, including Blink-182 and the New Found Glory. (laughs) I know what I'm going to do today. (laughs) LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac show. And, you know, I mentioned when we were talking about that pig doing the skateboard thing yeah. a few minutes ago. And I I know I said I know what I'm going to do. Just I'm going to be watching videos today. And I'm trying to stop, okay, ahead of time, Mark. Because in my head, I'm picturing pig skateboard, my bulldog skateboard. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not putting Hank through that, man. I just can't. And you know why? Mark, several years ago, our neighbors had a basset hound. And that basset hound loved LaDonna. Oh, he would walk up the hill and no, you know, it's a big hill. But when he saw LaDonna coming home, he would walk up the hill and they would talk before she went inside. It was a whole thing. And he would sometimes stay on our patio. The neighbors apologized for it. I'm like, no, it's fine. We love him. You know, um, anyway, they'd invested a lot. He had like a, some kind of thing that he was born with in his legs Aww. that they had to do surgery on. They loved him. So much. they did this and this dog had cast on his legs for a year, you know? It was one of those things where he wasn't the neighborhood dog, but everybody yeah. knew who he yeah. was and who he belonged to. Long story longer, he got stolen. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like, where, what happened to him? And oh, one day, but the reason I asked is like, I drove, I was driving LaDonna's car one day and came home. And as I turned the corner, he saw the car, right? And I mean, he starts hauling up the hill as I get out. I'm thinking, Hey, he likes, you know, it's not just her. I'm not kidding. Mark. When I got out of the car and he saw that it was me, he stopped and turned around and went back home. (laughs) Anyway, one day I noticed I hadn't seen him in a while and we started looking around. So finally we called our neighbor and said, Hey, what, you know, is he okay? And they're like, well, we can't find him. Oh, no. like, what do you mean you can't find him? He stayed in your yard or our yard. I mean, yeah, somebody stole him. Oh, so man. my fear is putting Hank outside. You know, it's like mm. we let him go outside to do things, and we do take him on little fun trips. But the idea of him getting stolen, you know, it, it and I mean, he's an English bulldog. Yeah. And I got some Georgia fans around my house, man. <laughs> so... Just saying. (laughs) I'm concerned. Well, you would know where to look. (laughs) LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. And, you know, we've had a a decent comeback day. Again, big thanks to the Congleton for allowing me a couple of days to just sit in the sun, soaking it in. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. That's what you were doing. And just in time... For a reference to my cousin Vinny. Remember when cousin uh, my cousin Vinny gets to stay out in the log cabin out in the woods, right. hunting cabin, and yeah. he's excited to get a good night's sleep, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, he gets woken <laughs> up by this screeching noise, and he comes outside shooting his little pistol, and he kind of hitches his pants up, goes back in like, I got him, and it was an owl, and he didn't get him. So, here we go. Wow. Yeah. Well, animal rescuers in South Africa said a court's session was interrupted when an owl swooped into the chamber through a hole in the ceiling. 
<laughs> there was a hole in the ceiling. Okay. The Owl Rescue Center said in a Facebook post that it was contacted by the Brackman SPCA for help rescuing a barn owl from a magistrate's courtroom in Brackpen. The post says the owl actually flew in through a hole in the ceiling, which had the magistrate and the entire room full of people running out screaming. Wow. Don't see much nature there, do you? Uh, (laughs) The group took it, uh, said it took time, but rescuers were able to capture the owl and remove it from the building. Mark, you know, I was watching an episode of Hoarders, you know, that I get kind of addicted to sometimes. And a lady, she had this thing about animals, you know, and Mm -hmm. one of them was owls. And, like, she would find an owl that died for whatever reason. And she was keeping them wrapped up in her freezer. Oh, And you're like, what do you, you know, I don't know what her mental, I don't know what was going on with her. But I will tell you, the thing that shocked me was how big owls are. Yeah, yeah. Because I never really pictured them as being a big animal. I don't know yeah. why, but when I saw one, you know, on TV that time, and this was just your normal run of the mill, this is the kind of owl you would see in the woods by our house. Right. And it's like, this guy was big, man. I just didn't know. Did you know they were huge? I know that they range in size from um, uh, the little bitty tiny, little bitty tiny ones, you know, yeah. up to, uh, let's see. I, I just pulled this up because I wanted to right. see, uh, the, they were just a lot bigger than I ever expected. I'll tell yeah, you that. I mean, the, uh, a wingspan of six and a half feet. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big bird. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking yeah. this is the big bird they should have put on Sesame street. Instead of painting him yellow, they paint him red, white, and blue. Say, here you go, man. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Turn it around. <laughs> Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings, only on liferadio.fm.